0: you know I just say like don't waste your time like don't waste these precious precious moments of your life of your dreams of things that you want to have happen because like I said you have time on your side I mean you really do and if you just you know step into it now like these young beautiful guys Andrew and Matt you can also (laughs) be you know, moving fast on your journey toward your toward your financially free dreams. Welcome to the Young Wild Financially Free Podcast, an
1: audio experience where we don't just talk about it, we live it. All right, we're now recording. So, uh hey everybody, welcome to the Young Wild Financially Free Podcast. Uh, this time from home, from quarantine. Uh, my name is Andrew Roberts, and I have a co host who's with me, Mr. Matthew Teifke. Hey, guys. So, today, um, we, I mean, it's kind of a blessing, honestly, that uh, we're in quarantine because now we uh, have access to uh, people who are out of state, uh, like today's guest. Tamar Hermes uh, is a full time real estate investor, educator, and consultant. Uh, she's the founder of the Wealth Warrior Woman. Um, where she guides women on how to become financially free by teaching them how to understand the numbers, options, and strategies in real estate through her signature masterclass, which is called the Real Deal Formula. Uh, And she has been investing in real estate for over 20 years with a focus on appreciation with buy and hold single-family homes and duplexes in Los Angeles. In the past few years, uh, she's expanded her portfolio to include passive multifamily investments across multiple states, done private lending, and gotten into Airbnb, Um, and she bought her first duplex when she was 28, which I have a hard time believing, because you don't look a day over 30, so I don't know how.
0: (laughs) This is already my favorite, favorite (laughs) podcast I've ever done or will ever do in my life. Thank you so much.
1: (laughs) Of course, yeah, no problem. Um, So welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you.
0: Thank you so much.
1: So you are still currently
0: living in in LA? Yeah, and we and it's we actually met because I am um, embarking on a relocation to Austin, Texas, and uh, it's been very exciting working on this move in the midst of a global pandemic, which I do not recommend for yeah. everyone. <laughs> you yeah. have to look at your circumstances.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, no one, no one could have predicted it. So. <laughs> It's tough. So are you uh, from L.A. originally? Where are you from originally? Where'd you grow up?
0: Yes, I am originally from Los Angeles. And wow. I have uh, always, uh, while I have this um, love with Los Angeles, I've always felt like just the way the city is set up, it is so spread out that, it's, <sighs> that it doesn't feel like, I never really feel like I'm in a city you know, I feel like I'm always in a part of a city. And so um, part of um, wanting to relocate to Austin at this time is to have more of that, have more of that feeling. But I have lived here. I've, I've, I've traveled quite extensively and I've lived in different states for short periods of time. I lived in Atlanta for a couple of years um, back when I was in entertainment many years ago. And um and so uh, I ended up coming back here and uh, met my husband, had kids. So once that, once that wheel starts moving, it's, um, you're not as, uh,
2: mobile.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: For sure. Definitely. We've moved, uh, I think eight or nine times in the last two years and now we're done and we got a baby and a baby on the way. And that's the reason. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Family's very important. So. Bunkering down,
1: kind of setting your roots is uh, definitely a priority to a lot of people. So growing up in L.A., um, did you have any siblings? What was uh, your childhood like?
0: So I have one older sister. She's actually a rabbi and, um, <laughs> and which is very cool. And, of our reactions. Uh, yeah, That's a whole other, that's another podcast. Episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, we grew up, we were pretty, uh, we were pretty poor. And, um, I won't say like we were, we had food on the table and we had a roof over our head. So we weren't, by any stretch, um, impoverished, Mm -hmm. but, uh, there was very much a sense of not really having a lot and this kind of feeling, this overall feeling of this struggle or just the struggle to just survive, which I Mm -hmm. think a lot of us get trapped in and especially the generation of my parents, uh, where my father was a Holocaust survivor and my mom was a pioneer in Israel, and so when you grow up uh, in that kind of an environment, survival is kind of the name of the game. And if you survive, you win. That's mm-hmm. huge. Uh, but growing up in Los Angeles, I was in a different place, and and I. Also, they had me, um, going to school with a lot of affluent children. So I was around all these people that had a lot of things. And so, uh, it was money was a big question for me.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I can, I I can imagine, like you said, you know, kind of growing up, uh, not not exactly top tier, you know, kind of, uh, struggling a little bit money I'm sure was kind of always on the mind of like, you know, what's, what are we going to do? And, um, so I guess that being said, is, did that kind of uh, influence uh, why you got into to real estate or why you chose that profession?
0: You know, not really. I actually did not know anything about real estate. Um, my parents didn't really talk about uh, didn't talk about owning property. And they also didn't really, um, you know, they lived at one point before my parents got divorced, they owned a house. and then my mom had bought one rental property, but never really talked about it much. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, it was really um trial and error, which is one of the reasons why I'm so excited to be here today. I love young, wild, financially free because honestly, Anyone that is young while and and, and 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 listening to this uh, podcast has the biggest gift on their on their hands, which is time. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening now, the financially free part is um, is so attainable. You have energy, you have uh, so much knowledge available at your fingertips, and um, and you've got time on your on your side. And um, time is a great great. Uh, vehicle and real estate. For me, the way that it happened was um, I was in entertainment. It's funny because, you know, I used to be, I've had several different careers. I've owned businesses and done different things. And so at this time I was actually working in entertainment and I was making really good money. I was 30, 20. Well, no, I bought my first party at 28. So I was, I was there and I was working um, at that age and I, uh, and I just started to save some money and was working really long hours. And I was thinking, okay, I can keep doing this and I can kind of keep paying all the bills and being able to travel. I mean, it was making good money. I mean, well over um, six figures at that time. And I was thinking, but where do I go from here? Like, is that all there is? And I felt a little bit trapped. If I didn't want to do that job, I had no idea how I was going to pay my bills. I had not enough savings to really sustain myself. And so it was then that I started looking at, okay, how can I lower my expenses, which turned me to let's get rid of this rent, uh, paying rent to someone and started getting me turned on to real estate, which was when I bought my duplex.
1: Wow. So it was just kind of like a, uh, a process of kind of figuring out in your own head of how real estate worked, the fact that you were paying rent to somebody else and, and not putting money into an asset that you owned um and that's what kind of kind of i guess sparked the interest really
0: yeah i mean i had to just keep piecing it together see i the part of the reason why i didn't look at real estate was you know i i came from a place where uh i, I didn't think that that real estate and wealth and all that was for me because right. i i i didn't grow up that way and for anyone listening where you know you grow up and you don't have that much uh, there's there's the story that we start to tell ourselves like This is how I was born. This is my lot in life. Like, I'm just not meant to be one of the people that have money. You know, it's just like you feel like you're born into what you're born into. And it's really hard to see another way if you don't have parents that are cheering you on or showing you a path, because your parents are all you really have to guide you. And my parents were just worried about survival. So all I got was survive, survive, survive. I didn't get, like, any questions about Hey, what do you want to do? How do you want to live your life? What's important to you? How would it feel like? Do you know that this option of real estate's available? Do you know that you could have money even though you were born without money? Those were not, that was not even remotely in our universe, it was wildly detrimental, I think, to uh, to my my process. The fact that, you know, my sister became a rabbi and I became an entrepreneur and a successful investor is, is pretty remarkable. Sometimes my sister and I both pinch ourselves because we really don't know how the heck we got there. Mm-hmm. We didn't. Um, it was certainly not by any fault of my parents. They did the best they could, but we just certainly just didn't have any knowledge. There wasn't a podcast, <laughs> Young Wild and Financially Free. There wasn't. Yeah. Um, there wasn't um knowledge and resources
2: Mm -hmm. i'm glad you bring that all up because um i i was fortunate to to be introduced to it very early Uh, my mom was a single mom and i saw her literally buy one to two properties a year and and end up with 16 houses and i feel very blessed to have been around that and, and to see what it takes and the sacrifice and that's a huge part of of why we're doing this like we truly are trying to get this out there that like, Hey, you can do it. Anybody can do it. I I preach it all the time, every day, like go buy a house, get your first one. You can do the second one. And you're so right that people don't realize it. I mean, it's the, it's the knowledge and the education that's key. Um, and then, and then the fear of the unknown, but you know, I mean, literally, we've talked about this. People hear a $200,000 house and they, they think they need $200,000. Mm-hmm. You know, they just don't even know. They have no idea. And so I'm just glad you said that because that's that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get that message out there. I'm so passionate about that, that everybody can own real estate and everybody can do it. You know, if a single mom can do it or, or you did it, you know, I've, I've got a lady that's a full-time nurse and she's doing it. Like, you just got to get out there and it's not easy and it takes time, but you, everybody can do it. I 100% believe that.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, that's why uh, I think one of the things that um, that distinguishes the work that I do, which is that I figured it out. You know, I do not need to be wealth warrior woman. I can just go and, um, you know, go to yoga and go to Italy whenever quarantine ends <laughs> and we're actually able to fly safely. But I mean, the point is, is that, you know, I, I had to figure it all out. And I really felt like I missed so much joy and so many opportunities to really, um be engaged in the world because I was in this uh, cycle of struggle over money and of what I couldn't be. And that's why for me also, that message is so important about real estate because it is, like you said, Matt, it is a vehicle that anyone can do, anyone. I mean, you don't even have to take a lot of risk. I mean, I bought the, the property that I bought 20 years ago, I still have it. And I bought it for three hundred ninety thousand dollars, and I could sell it for one point two million today. So, you you know,
1: do you still own that exact property?
0: I do own it. Yeah, Uh, I do own it. So, So talk about like someone who you know who might have been like afraid of letting go of an asset early on, and then just over time decided to keep it. Mm -hmm. But. Even that, I mean, you could be going about your life and doing your business. And if you're buying in a place like Austin or a place like Los Angeles, where where those are really hot markets, they're going to continue to grow and we're going to be seeing major appreciation regardless of any global pandemic, where these these kind of states are going to come out strong, ultimately that i mean you you kind of can't go wrong i mean what's you know why would you rather spend i mean i put forty thousand dollars down on that house i could easily gone and bought a new car wow i would have gotten a new car isn't that great and today that's just one asset and it's worth it's worth over a million dollars to me Mm
2: -hmm. yeah
0: and that's incredible
2: the important thing that, that i point out is Everybody can do it, but it takes sacrifice. And, and what you said is you could have bought a car, but you didn't. And that's the sacrifice you gotta make. Well, Um,
0: Yeah. I sacrificed having a Mercedes, but I still had a car. So actually I had a Mercedes. I had an old used diesel and it was so cool. Uh, It was awesome, but I didn't spend that kind of money on it. So you're right. It was like, it was a choice. Like I like to think you're right. Like a lot of times we talk about the sacrifice and I love to think about it more like you're making choices. It's not like you can't have a car. You just probably can't have an $800
2: Month payment on a car. Yes, yes. Uh, what kind of car I have? What
0: kind?
2: That's uh, a Prius.
0: That's <laughs> awesome. That's like, isn't that what Warren Buffett drives?
2: I don't know, but but that <laughs> so, you know the point is like I'm I'm putting my money where my mouth is, and you know I've got multiple houses, and I drive a Prius, and and sometimes I do get a little embarrassed about it, you know, but uh, I've got to get over that. Uh, but it's the sacrifices, and that's the sacrifices I saw my mom make. She made tons of sacrifices. But the point is that if you want to elevate yourself and and get to like a different status, you have to make the sacrifices, but you absolutely can do it. You know, we're, we're all fortunate to live in America, right? There's opportunity everywhere. Like if you're willing to work hard and, and go get a job, like you, everybody can save 20, 15, 20 grand a month. I mean, not a month, a year, you know, mm-hmm. by not, not going out to eat, not partying, like, I mean, not everyone, everyone has challenges, but a lot of people can do that that don't realize they can. And that's one property per year, right there.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you're just talking about one strategy, Matt, right? I mean, you could also, if you didn't have any money, I mean, there's seller finance, there's lease options.
2: I mean, there's a million ways. So you're Go sign a contract, you know? Get, yeah. Uh, the wholesaler, yeah. yeah.
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, there really isn't, you know, you just, you got to start somewhere, right? You got to start where you are. And I mean, our, I mean, it sounds like we're all on the same page in terms of just go out and do it and don't, and just believe that you can because others are doing it and we're not any more we're just humans we're just kind of you know we certainly you know some of us study more or maybe have more knowledge from experience but we're all kind of cut from the same cloth we're all human beings so if you see 10,000 people doing it successfully there's no reason that you're not part of that club
1: it's definitely possible there's a, a lot of people doing it right um, I kind of want to, uh, I guess dive back into, uh, what you're talking about with your childhood, how, like how you were raised and how your parents were kind of like just, you know, focused on survival. And that was kind of their mentality. And, um, you and I definitely had a different childhood. Uh, I, you know, Matt and I grew up together in the same neighborhood. It was, you know, very middle-class and, uh, my mom was not, uh, rich by, any means, but she was also, I mean, we had a roof over our heads and my mom taught me the value of a dollar bill when I was younger. But at the same time, I would see friends that were like, when they were 16, they were given a car when I had to share a car with my mom for the, you know, two years of high school, which was a little bit (laughs) embarrassing and things like that. So I kind of developed a mentality that uh, was a little bit, I don't know, maybe cynical of people who were wealthy and uh, it's taken me a long time and I'm still working on it about how money isn't a negative thing and, and being rich or successful or, or anything like that um, isn't a negative thing. Uh, and I feel like that might have been something that you had to get over yourself um, and work through. Um, and I just wanted to you to kind of dive into that on how you did that and, and what that process was like.
0: Yeah. God, Andrew, that's so good. That's so good. I mean, cause we're so, there's so many of us that are, that are, um, you know, victims of this whole, uh, whole money equation where, you know, money, we hear money is the root of all evil. Money's hard money. People with money are, are, um, are greedy. And it's true. Um, I definitely had a lot of, uh, a lot of issues around, um, around people with money. I, even at a certain point, uh, in my um, in my career, and my success, but well, I, I don't need any more money. You know, how much do I need? And I really needed to work hard to expand on how much more I could give back, and who, and all the people that really needed money that maybe couldn't make it themselves that needed support to give to charity. But I think that um, how did I work through that? uh, wow. I mean, it's a big one. Once that, once those messages get, that get in there, uh, it is a constant, uh, a constant process of, um, of retraining your brain mm-hmm. to understand that there are certain, that, that those are certain stories that you've started telling yourself and it's what you truly believe. And I think one of the things that really helped a lot was starting to feed myself with, stories that were more positive of people like I can look at at people that have money you know a lot of times women like to look at Oprah she's a great example of someone who came without money but she really does so much good for the world you don't look at Oprah and think what a greedy nasty lady you think of her as this glorious amazing giving wonderful person the fact that she's as rich as she is doesn't bother anybody Right, and so yeah. when we, when we put our, you know, it's that what you focus on expands, right? So it is that goes back to that mental gain and, and uh, starting to make a decision right now to, uh, to start treating yourself with a little self dignity and honoring the fact that, you know, that, that you can live a life that is joyous and, and prosperous and be a really great citizen and a really great contribution, So, um, I think that it's, it's important to start giving yourself those messages. I mean, I still, you know, every, uh, every step that I take that, um, that moves me forward in terms of where I am financially, in terms of, uh, my leadership ability, I have to, I have to decide, you know, who do I want to be and how do I want to be that person? I have to make a, um, a list of, you know, I am a leader. I am grateful. I am this, I am that I am capable. I am smart. Sometimes I just need to pound those messages into myself every day because uh, because, you know, we all have these challenges and it's a reprogramming really. And you really need to let yourself forgive too. forgiveness is a big one. You know, forgive all the 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 things that happened, or all the times that maybe you felt smaller because you didn't have as much money, or you know maybe someone actually said something to you that hurt you and made you feel like you were smaller, and that stayed with you. And so uh, I think that it really uh, it it takes it takes uh, it takes yourself really wanting to, wanting to be uh, a different person and live a different way. And that can open up the whole channels too, in terms of real estate and what you feel like you're capable of doing and what you're motivated to do. Cause those negative messages will stop you in your tracks.
2: Yeah, that's great. And and just one side note on that, that I've, I've thought about is you, everyone's heard the quote, uh, money's the root of all evil, but I I think what it is, is greed is the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. It's not money, right? It's the greed that, that, that people come and, and it it kind of makes it a negative thing. Like Oprah is doing good things with her money. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. the whole point. I'm i I'm fascinated, you know, by the history of your dad. You said your dad was a Holocaust survivor. I mean, that's like next level conversation. And that's amazing. Yeah. Were y'all, were you super close with your dad? Um, No. No. In fact,
0: I feel like, um, Uh, My sister and I both were not close to my father, and he was a good man. Um, He's passed now, but I think that uh, he had absolutely no skill set as far as raising children. And, I mean, you kind of can't blame him. He lost his mom when he was 12. And, you know, it wasn't like she died of a disease or something. I mean, she was basically taken from him and taken to her death. And that's not something that, I mean, it gives me chills just thinking about it because it's just not in our wheelhouse. I mean, thank gosh we are not, um, you know, it makes, it pales like for COVID, you know, losing your job. It's like, you can get another job, you know, but like, you know, to be taken as a prisoner, to be taken and, and live um, as a slave, those are not conditions that, um, that are easily, uh, easy to overcome. And, right. you know, we, we can all even just be grateful that we're not in that situation and just think, darn, like if I'm not in that situation, I, if I can wake up in the morning and walk outside and smell the fresh air and not have someone like, you know, whip me or beat me or shoot me or put me in a gas chamber, hey, you know, you're doing pretty damn good. Excuse yeah. my French.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, no, you're okay. When you, I mean, it gave me chills legitimately right now is because like, you know, when we're younger, we read about it in the books and and it doesn't really seem all that real or, or that close, but then like realizing that it was like a couple generations away, you know, I've never really, I've never talked to anybody whose parents were part of that. Um, and it's just like, golly, that's just so obvious, you know, obviously it's so insane, but, um, yeah, I was just curious, like what, what that was like for you with your experience with your dad.
0: Yeah, I think it was really, I think it was uh, definitely um, a huge challenge. I mean, he certainly didn't talk about it that much, but we all understood. And um, and I think that uh, there was a lot of resentment for me and a lot of guilt because for a long time, I honestly didn't want that dad, you know, I wanted the guy that was like, you know, buying the properties that had the money that could teach me things that could, you know, inspire me. And like I said, he wasn't a bad guy and he, you know, he hadn't, he had a, um, a, you know, a decent life, but, um, but he, in a lot of ways could not get out of his own way. And I thought because he couldn't get out of his own way that I couldn't get out of my own way.
1: Mm -hmm. That must have been tough to kind of work through that internally and kind of like break break that down and and I guess try you know try and move past it obviously you're you know I feel like you're out of your own way now I mean you're super successful and so I know,
0: you know I didn't want you already said how young I was I don't want to say my age but I, <laughs> I you know I definitely have had time I mean the one thing that I did realize and this is another thing that we talk about like when we talked about those messages Andrew that you relate to too as a kid feeling like you know, like you kind of resented certain people with money, mm-hmm. um, which is that, uh, you know, you start to see your story as your gift. Right. And people mm-hmm. talk about that. And you always think, well, that'd be nice. I'd love to see my story as a gift, you know. And uh, and. The thing the thing is, is that uh, when I, when I started to really look at, you know, for my my father, the fact that my father survived the concentration camps and the work camp and, you know, three years of imprisonment. I think, my God, like I came from that, like, I'm not going to like, just lay down and die. I'm a, I'm a, I've come from survivor. So Thank as you. much as I may come from suffering, I'm also someone that, that isn't, is, is not going to give up too easily. Mm-hmm. And that has
2: served me very, very, very well. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you brought that up because I, I was gonna ask, um, and and I just had the other podcast, and he asked me why I was thought I was successful, and I said perseverance. But what I was gonna ask is like, and this comes from me, like I, I definitely have a fire, like there's a fire in me to like go and and do things, and I was just wondering if if you have that as well, and if if most entrepreneurs do, pro- probably yes, but if that comes from from what you just said, from your dad, from knowing your history, from something within you to just like constantly be growing and pushing. And like, there's a real motivation for me. Uh, Do you you feel that same way?
0: Oh, a hundred percent. And I think that every entrepreneur If they don't have it, they need to find it because everybody, in addition to like, no matter where you were brought up and, and no matter what circumstances you've gone through and the fact that I'm the child of a Holocaust survivor, the truth is like people could, you know, we could get a hundred people on here and they'd probably have just as many uh, intense stories of their journey in life and things that they've had to overcome. And absolutely, you know, most, and we hear it, you know, most entrepreneurs, when you hear their stories, they usually have overcome stuff. I mean, look at Tony Rob you know look at his story and I mean you know there's it just goes on and on and Oprah I mean they all have crazy crazy stories where you just think oh my god how did they end up here you know what and you bet there was a fire
2: Mm -hmm. right yeah Yeah, that's the key Mm -hmm. find the fire I like that if you don't you're an entrepreneur you gotta find it Yeah, that's awesome
0: yeah, and you find it. And the thing that's cool is that it's in, within you. I mean, it's your story. You've got the pain and you've also got the glory, you know, because I know that for me, when I think about both my parents, my mom was a pioneer um, as a child uh, for the land of Israel, which, was, which is a whole other historical um, and amazing, amazing story. Uh, but, you know, both of them needed to really, um, really learn how to, how to stay afloat. And I think that, you know, that the more that I, and certainly, I mean, I had the advantage of being first generation, you know, first generation here in America and this country with the land of opportunity. And so I didn't, and I didn't, the hardship that I was experienced was more just the stories. I mean, I felt like I was living in a, in a prison, but I really wasn't. My father lived in that prison. I wasn't in that prison. I just told myself that I was.
2: I am. That's the thing. I mean, you know, it's cliche to say it's all about hard work, but, but it really, a lot of it really, truly is. And and I fall back on, and I've heard this from, I think Gary Vee is like, if, so, if somebody has come from nothing and done it, then you got no excuses. And how many people have done that? Millions, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not easy. No question about it. And it's not like it's just going to work out. You're going to struggle. But I'm just, you know, I'm 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 so passionate about this because I want people to get there and to see that. Yeah, and I
0: I think that the other really um, the other tool that's super valuable is that whole idea of you know step by step and breaking down your goals and getting, you know, reading certain books, like, um, the one thing, you know, and, um, and a lot of these productivity books that talk about how do you focus, how do you break down goals so that while, yeah, it's like, okay, I want to get my first property. What do I do? Ah, you know, that's a lot of, you know, like, where do you start? And it's like, if you start breaking it down, like, okay, I want to get that property. Okay. I want to have five properties by five years. Okay. What am I going to do in you know, in three years to get that. Okay. What am I going to do in two years to get that? What am I going to do in a month to get that? You know, you just keep backtracking where it's just one step. Okay. I got to call 10 people. I got to find a good realtor. I got to find a good, you know, I got to figure out how to save money, you know, like just come up with little things to get you there. Instead of just thinking like that, it's like this, like we look at the end of the tunnel and we just think, okay, I just want to get there right now. Instead of like taking each step, and then you know, one day you wake up a couple of years later and you're, you know, and you're so much further. And it's just, um, you know, I think that's another thing is that a lot of people can get defeated by just feeling like it's just too big. It's too, it's too, too much, you know, and, Well, you know, I love that that, Matt, you're honest about it. It's like, it's not going to be easy. Like, don't just think you're just going to like pick up the phone and like make $30,000. It's not like that, you know, Um, and don't think that it's always going to go right, but just commit to it and just take one step at a time, like find one property, pick one strategy. You know, pick something that works for you. Pick something that's based on, you know, I'm sure you have listeners that actually are, you know, have some money that are ready to invest. You know, okay, once you've got money, you've got more options. You know, are you going to do a buy and hold? Are you going to flip a house? Are you going to maybe give it to a syndicator and have them and, you know, keep working on your career while while the syndicator is making money for you? And I don't know if, if you talk about the multifamilies and syndication. Yeah, Yeah. Where people can just, you can, you can do it passively. Um, I'm a, um, I'm a hard money lender. So, I mean, I'm making money right now because, uh, you know, I have an investor that is, that is borrowing money from me and I'm not doing anything.
2: Yeah. And and one thing that, that I want to touch on also is it's easy to look at like me or, or Andrew or you and be like, oh, they've, they've got it figured out. They've got all these deals, but we're still working as hard and twice as hard and it's still not easy. So mm. it's not like, let me, you know, get to this point. There, there is no point to get to, right. It's mm. like, you got to enjoy this every day. It's just as hard right now for me to find a deal as it was when I first started. I have more knowledge and I have more resources, but the deals aren't just falling in my lap by any means. I'm still getting up and working every day. I, I literally made 60 offers today, today, no BS. Mm. Um, and I'm, um, you know, I just, it's just what it takes. You're amazing. That's all. That's, that's impressive. Anyone should listen to
0: that. I mean, 60 offers. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, even if, I mean, that, that's incredible, but then you can see, you can see how you get the kind of results that you get because you're willing to do the effort and you're working on one thing, which is making the offers to get the deal. Yeah. So it just, you know, you're focusing on one thing and mm-hmm. um, yeah, d- definitely. And yeah, no, it does not, it does not, you know, there's always, I mean, we're all in this world, we're all in life and we're all managing. And certainly, you know, the thing is, is that it is, um, it's certainly a lot easier to manage life when you have some money in the bank and you don't have to worry about, oh my God, like, how are we going to put food on the table? I mean, you know, you don't want to get there. Right. And, um, and so, but it, yeah, definitely. We're all on this, all on this path and we just keep going and building.
2: Yeah. And I, I think the hardest thing is, is not realizing that it works. And that's why we're trying to nail it home for people. It's like, we're telling you it works. Like it's working for us. We've seen it work. And it's hard to understand that when you, when you've got nothing and you have already made a hundred offers or 200 and it doesn't work. But that one time that it works, And it will, if you keep doing it, you realize like how this all works.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. I heard a a quote uh, yesterday uh, from Will Smith, uh, who I'm sure said this a long time ago, but he said, uh, if you want to build a wall, you have to just take one brick and try and lay that one brick as perfectly as possible. And then move on to the next brick and lay that brick as perfectly as possible. You don't build a, a wall all at once. And so that's what, exactly what both of y'all are talking about is like, take it day by day, enjoy the process. Don't look at the end goal too much because that's not going to happen all at once. You need to you know, tackle each day as it comes and win that day. You don't need to win your whole life today. You need to win today today. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, with, with you, I guess, after buying that uh, first property when you were 28, You know, you didn't get to where you are today all in one day. What was that process like from like, uh, I guess, I mean, going from your old career uh, in entertainment to now you're full time in real estate? It wasn't I'm sure you didn't quit uh, all at one time.
0: No, I mean, I had other, I had other, uh, had built another company in the midst of that. And I, um, and also, um, I got married and I had, you know, had started having my kids. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, that I could have been much more active in real estate. Um, and I mean, I was buying and, you know, doing more buy and holds as I was, as I was, um, having the money to do so, but I wasn't involved in a lot of different strategies. I had done, I had maybe done like one flip. I had not done a lot. And even when I did it, I was like, eh, you know, I just didn't, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to believe that it could actually be that easy. You know, it was like, I just, I just didn't want to, I just didn't, I turned, kind of turned my back on it on, on real estate in a way. I mean, I was, I was investing, but certainly not um, by any stretch, um, as much as I could have. And I, that's part of the reason why I'm such a huge advocate now, why I spend my time like you guys telling telling uh, women, hey, get into real estate and this is how you can do it. And holding their hand, because for me, I think there was a lot of fears and a lot of blocks about. Okay, I have this amount of money now, but if I make a mistake on a deal, then I'll lose all my money, which isn't even true. But it's what we think. And yeah, I mean, I might have lost some money. I mean, we talked at the beginning. I talked about this re- relocation, Austin. I'm probably gonna be holding two very large mortgages at the same time. Um, you know, if my primary house doesn't sell and, you know, I'm, I'm doing the cost analysis on it and it's the price of doing business, you know, and like some deals, yeah, it's like, would I prefer not to do that? Yes. But sometimes when you weigh it out, you can see that, you know, money goes out, money needs to move. And sometimes, you know, you might do a flip and you think, you know, you have it costed at, at, uh, that the repairs are going to be 50,000. It ends up being 70,000. Well, you know, that's part of it. And you might do another one where it ends up costing 35,000 and you thought it was going to be 50,000. So, I mean, the, all of these equations, like even as we crunch the numbers, uh, you know, they can be, sometimes things do not go according to plan, but that doesn't mean that you're not good at it. It just means that you're in process with it and that you're learning. And then the next deal will bring something new. And that's part of the whole, that's part of the whole game. Well, yeah. it's not a game, but it's part of the whole real estate investing
1: life. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I guess kind of touching on the, the wealth warrior woman, uh, when did you when did you start that and, and what's going on with that present day?
0: So I started that a few years ago and, uh, what's going on with it is that I, um, coach and consult women privately, um, to take them through, uh, their, uh, their finances and financial analysis to really see what, what are they, what they might be missing. I mean, there are certain things that, um, not only are there a lot of tax things that a lot of people don't understand or know about, um, the opportunities to save money, but also just basic things like, you know, people, wi- uh, women and men, they'll be working, they're, they're, um, making money and they have started to have kids and then they don't have a trust. And then, you know, probably like for people, some people is like, well, I don't want to like get life insurance and a trust and all that. And then, and at first it does kind of feel like, oh God, you know, like there's more stuff. I have to put more money, you know, I have to deal with all this paperwork and, but the truth is, those are all your assets that you're protecting for your legacy, for your next generation. And, you know, you have no idea how many women that I work with that, are, that don't that don't have that together. And then there's also things like, you know, how are you budgeting and how much money you might be saving $5,000 a year when you could be saving $15,000 a year. Just, you know, and so things like that. So I go through that. Um, I go through, um, depending on uh, some of my clients are more seasoned investors that are working toward new strategies that are having some blocks around. you know how to do it or how to connect or how to reach so I work with them on that Um, and um, and then uh, uh, the group program the real deal formula really is a walk through the financial analysis the mindset and all the strategies all the options while we're working through to get you to the deal and I always say educate empower own and that's kind of what we've been talking about too I mean that's really what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and so I feel like that support makes a huge difference. It's, um, it's the accountability and it's the, uh, it's the walking through step-by-step to really piece down, you know, where you're at, how to look at real estate, how to look at your finances so that you can really move forward successfully as an investor.
1: That's awesome. That's so cool um and are these do you offer these online or are they in person or or how is it i guess uh yeah i
0: was on zoom when zoom wasn't cool (laughs) if only i'd bought stock um that was one of them i didn't i did buy tesla though so um that made up for it (laughs) um uh that I, yes, I do. I teach those on zoom and I usually work with my clients virtually. Uh, sometimes when I have local clients, we'll meet, uh, but for the most part, these are online, online classes and, um, and, uh, that's how it's, that's how it's done. So it can really be done anywhere from anywhere as we all <laughs> know now, cause now everybody's so well versed. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: That's so awesome. That's very cool. Very cool. Um, well, um, I guess how can they find uh, Wealth Warrior Woman or, or the real deal?
0: So they can uh, do one of two things. Anyone can email me at hello at Wealth Warrior Woman singular W O M A N dot com, okay. or you can go to my website, which is uh, www.wealthwarriorwoman dot com. I prefer email just because I want to make sure that we connect because I want to know who you are and i want to be able to know you so i can see how i can support
1: Sure, awesome cool yeah whenever we uh, publish this i'll make sure that uh, i include all the information in the show notes um and matt you usually like to um end us on a on a really good question
2: yeah i guess uh best advice for young wild seeking to be financially free entrepreneur
0: <laughs> yeah best advice I would say, like we've been saying all along, you know, just set your sights and, uh, you know, have your five-year goal, have your three-year goal, have your one-year goal and just keep chipping away and stay in it. And, you know, I mean, if Matt can make 60 offers today, you can make five, you know, I mean you know, you can make one. And I mean, it's just, uh, it's just a matter of, uh, deciding and really understanding that you really, uh, have everything that you need to make this, to make this, uh, real estate investing opportunity work for you. And, um, and if you do come across, if you start seeing like, oh, I can't do it because I really challenge anyone to really, uh, ask that question to themselves out loud and see if that's
2: really true. We have just a quick side note. We have a podcast, our fifth episode with a guy named Diego. And he was uh, illegal and didn't have his you know, papers and figured out he, how to own real estate. And he's the one guy I point to. It's like, hey, listen to this story and then come tell me what your excuse is.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, people can find those stories just about anywhere. Right. Uh, right. So I just, uh, and, you know, especially from, you know, one of the things that I I keep talking about my age, um, not that old, uh, but, but the thing is, is that, you know, from someone who definitely for sure, more than half my life is gone, um, unless I'm one of the oldest people living in the world. Right. Uh, and, you know, I just say like, don't waste your time. Like don't waste these precious, precious moments of your life, of your dreams, of things that you want to have happen. Because like I said, you have time on your side. I mean, you really do. And if you just, you know, step into it now, like these young, beautiful guys, Andrew and Matt, you can also <laughs> be, you know, moving fast on your journey toward your toward your financially free dreams.
2: Mm-hmm. I least. love it. Yeah. Hey, it's by the fun. way, you're gonna love Austin. I'm sure you already know that, but I cool. can't wait. I can't we're
0: wait. We're so
1: we're excited for you to to be here. We're happy to uh, take you out and show you around the town and and show your family a good time.
0: Yeah. I can't wait. I'm I'm all in. We'll go look at properties.
1: Heck yeah, yeah. That's we're awesome. Here
2: to be a resource.
1: Yeah
0: yeah
1: uh, well thank you so much for uh being on the podcast um we really enjoyed it i know that we could dive in so much deeper there's so much more to your story which we might have you back on that'd be fun sounds good yeah okay good well, next time. heck yeah yes definitely that'd be awesome okay uh, well to the listeners thank you guys so much for watching um and we'll see you guys later
0: bye everybody thank you
1: guys